We gotta go back, Marty. Oh my god. Back to the future. Hey, we're back. We are back. Oh, and I am so happy. I'm so happy we got to talk about this today. What are we what are we talking about, Daniel? We're talking about arguably the top a top movie of all time. Well, mine personally. Back yeah. to the future. I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's one of those classics, I'd say. Yeah, Bizarre Adventures. Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. When you first said this, I thought, mm, but after watching it, we're gonna get to it. It's, it's a, a good movie. It's a damn good yes. movie. Um, why did you not want to watch it the first time, Alex? Um, Adam, why did you feel? Because Back to the Future was one of those movies that teachers always put on when I was in elementary school. But then because you only have a period to watch it, we'd never get through it. So I've seen the first bit of the movie so many times that I just wanted to be like, no, I just let me get through this. And, you know, now we're in university and do I really want to go back and watch? Like, that's the reason I won't watch The Lion King. Because I've seen the beginning so many times that I'm just sick of the whole movie. I don't without fully what seeing. The Lion King is about. I'm not even going to lie. I haven't seen it in so long. And I'm not yeah. gonna lie; I'm probably not gonna see it for another while. I, mean, I guess not making it to the uh, this this the segment then. It I guess. won't be my bizarre adventure. <laughs> let's just be yeah. Let's just say it like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before <laughs> I hand this over to you, Daniel, since this is your bizarre adventures, I do have to I'll open the show by saying this: I can see the Lego Batmobile box behind you, and is it fair to say you still haven't started building? <laughs> No, remember, you gotta have to be patient with me with certain interests. The shows, the Lego, you know. I'm like a goalie. Remember I said that? Yes. You're like a, a goalie. I think you said Gollum. I'm like, like the Pokemon? Or are you? No, I'm like a goalie, a goalie. Um, yeah, you take me in the top, like, what, 15? But, you know. Top 15? Yeah. May. May. I don't know about that. Early second round. I don't know, man. Top 5, 2005. Yeah, That's why it took you so long to come on the podcast, per. <laughs> You're still developing those skills, right? Yeah. I put okay. in like three consecutive World Juniors before I made it to the AHL. A few rookie tournaments here and there. Oh, but hey, God. rough start, but he pulls it together and has a few weird pregame rituals. Uh, but anyway, how about you take us on this magical journey through time, Daniel? All right, awesome. So, yes, this is what we've been talking about. The go- I call this the golden gem of Universal Studios. <laughs> This movie originally released in 1985 by one of my favorite directors, Robert Zemeckis, writers Bob Gale and uh, and Zemeckis. And pretty funny thing, you know how we became friends through all of this stuff we're doing? They became friends like that and they ended up working together. Uh, they actually had a radio station, a radio show as well back in university. It was pretty cool. So what, you're saying, it, so what Daniel is trying <clears throat> to say is that we're going to become writers and yeah, I'm tra- a movie. Yes, okay. Loki. This is a, a recruitment episode okay. for my, my my movie idea. So yeah. Okay, I'm excited <laughs> to hear what Daniel's movie idea is after the episode. Thank you, thank you. All right, so the basis. <laughs> Adam does not look impressed. Uh, um, so like the basis of their. <laughs> If you want to see my reaction, go to the YouTube channel and check out the video oh portal. Uh, I love it. Okay, continue. <laughs> All right, going back. So the basis of their idea for this movie was they wanted to know whether or not they would be friends with their parents in high school, which is really? pretty interesting. You never really, yeah, you That's... never thought about that, right? So how did that turn into Buddy's mom wants to smash him? 
Yeah, you know, that that's one part where David just kind of... It's pretty funny. So that idea, when I got in there, because they, the first people they gave this script to was Disney. And Disney's <laughs> like, yeah, so far, so good. And then they got to that part, and they're like, wait a minute, you can't put this in a movie. Yeah. Wait, wait, because you ever... You ever in Nightmare Before Christmas, you haven't seen it, Alex, but you have Daniel, I'm guessing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, after the opening scene of This is Halloween, Jack's walking to the graveyard, and there's, like, the little, like, weird dude with the saxophone, he's like, good job, Bone Daddy. And you're mm. like, what? <laughs> how did that get through the sensors? I know, right? Same thing for the whole of how is the main thing of this movie, Marty and trying to avoid his mom wanting to have sex with him. Yeah, that, that, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty weird. Uh, funny jokes in there, like the the whole uh, dinner time thing when they get the uh, TV for the first time. You know that 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 was a good reference to the jokes. Yeah, so that's I don't know. Yeah, that's that's something that they actually had talked about in documentary. Going like, yeah, you know that was a weird thing that we kind of had to talk about. Um, but you know we're happy Universal Studios picked this up after Disney said we're not we're not. We're not giving you any money for this idea. Yeah, yeah, no surprise. It, yeah. It, it's it's. I think my first impression of it, like with within the first ten minutes at least, was like this is a very you know if if we were watching this back in 1985, I think we would say you know this is a pretty normal movie. But you go back and and look at it now, it just seems so cheesy. Oh man, oh, I love it though. That's what I, love. I know, I, love about I know. It. It, it, it's so good because it's so cheesy. It had the same feeling at the beginning of the Mighty Ducks movie, where I thought, I don't know if I'm gonna like this movie. Right. But yeah, then yeah. it picks up, and you're like, all right, no, it's pretty endearing. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's such a. I'm realizing after fully watching it, just how much this movie is referenced and memed. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like the beginning, like Doc, are you telling me it's eight twenty-five? I'm late for school. <laughs> it's oh, I love that part—the power of love part, where the skateboard see like that. Like for me, sets the mood for the movie. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Michael J. Fox, out of boy, what a performance. Yes. Oh, funny point. If I uh, tell you about this, because like I tell you about this guy, like I, I, I told you guys before, like I'm like a super fan of this movie. I watched all the documentaries. Yeah. Um, I had my Funko Pop here of Marty. You know, this is not available anymore. Really? Wow, yes. Look at you. Um, <clears throat> I know, right? Um, so it's pretty funny. So when this was written, Michael J. Fox was the first choice for Marty. Yeah. And he already felt like the character was written for him. But because of his... Do you guys know the show Family Ties? No. I, I know okay. the show. I've never seen it. Okay. So um, it was like a family sitcom, but they did it as a joke where... They switch the roles of the parents and the kids. So the parents are used to be hippies in the 60s and 70s. Okay. So they're more like the left-leaning type okay. of people. Yeah. But the son, who is Michael J. Fox, he's like a pro-Ronald Reagan <laughs> kid in the 1980s. So he's like so Republican. Yeah, It's a great show if you guys have a chance to do it. But that was his main, um, like that was his main part of his career at the time. So they said like, no, this is not going to work. We can't put you in both the movie and the show so they went with a guy named eric stoltz who you know he has become like a pretty good character if you guys watch remember Puck fiction um when mia needs the adrenaline uh yeah. in her heart yeah that's eric stoltz the guy oh okay. Uh, okay. The, the, the drug dealer guy yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so he was actually the first Marty, which is weird. If you like, you can actually watch screen tests for it. It's really weird. But he didn't really bring the same type of humor. He was really stiff in these parts. So they they fired him, <laughs> and they're like, okay, yeah, it's either a yes or no thing. We have to have Michael J. Fox into this movie. He literally is Marty. Like, yeah, he was a skateboarder. He listened to the same music, dressed the same way. Um, so what they did was Michael J. Fox would film Family Ties during the daytime, and he would do Back to the Future at night, and then he would sleep like three hours a day. My God. So, like, if you actually note, like, it's actually not noticeable, but a lot of the parts when he goes back to the 50s, like, the background scenes are actually filmed at night. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Most of the, most of the scenes are at night. I, I yeah, know how that you say it. <clears throat> yeah, the scene where he first goes back in time, goes back at the end. Um, I would assume that they shot the family scene, like the dinner scene with his mm. younger, like his his mom when she's younger. I'm guessing that was probably done at night. The whole dance is at night. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because they had to do it for him. So that's why I kind of like made it great. And I guess aside from like these side notes, I like saying, I don't know, I just, I could talk about this forever. But like, I don't know, my favorite parts of it, like we talked about, entrenched in the 80s culture. I love it. You know? Yeah. You know, I know that I'm a bit older, but I did not live through the 80s, guys. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I know, right? I, I talk about <clears throat> seeing a young Doug Gilmore, but, you know, I, I was lying. <laughs> Tell me about the Dead Wings era, please. <laughs> so, yeah, I, don't, I love it. I love that, <clears throat> to be honest, like, when I watched this when I was really little, it was before like I started watching a lot of 1950s movies, so this was actually my snapshot of what I thought the 1950s looked like. Um, like you said, Adam, you know, the amount of memes that have been coming out, like there's so many great lines, so many great references to it. Like it is entrenched in our pop culture. Yeah. Um, and I know the items, the items I've been talking about, you know, like I showed my Funko Pop, but the things that really got to me were um, Marty's Nike Bruin shoes. I know that was a very small detail, but like his red Nikes, if you try to look for like a that pair, it's like $500, $600. Really? It's just so po- it's so popular because of the movie. Daniel, do you have the the orange vest? <clears throat> the orange oh the life preserver? No, I don't. I wish I, I did. I feel like that's something you would have. Yeah. <laughs> nice life preserver, Calvin McCline. I love that. <laughs> so cheesy. There again, so cheesy. <clears throat> I love that. Um, what else? Yeah, the life preserver. Um, what else? The DeLorean. I remember. Okay, so this is a funny story about the DeLorean. Um, it was selling so badly its initial run like it was horrible yeah. like the guy who created it was like in debt yes. and then when the DeLorean came out in this movie Doc Brown actually makes a tug-and-cheek joke where he says when you can travel through time why not travel in style and that was supposed to be an ironic like oh, an ironic it was thing ad- because- it was it was advertising <laughs> Yeah, because it was, and then it got advertised yeah. because of this movie. And this movie, this car is so expensive to get now. <clears throat> is it a replica? Like people are still maintaining like the ones from the eighties. Like you could actually go I just, and like find I, one. I searched for. I don't know if it's mint condition or whatever it is. It's used. <clears throat> I have one nineteen eighty one forty nine thousand dollars. There's a couple of ones for auction. Yeah. Uh, forty-seven thousand dollars, twenty-five thousand dollars, thirty-nine thousand dollars. Different prices. Yeah. 
for an eighties car. I mean, yeah, for an eighties car, yeah. that that is a little like a little more on the expensive expensive side. Like unless mm-hmm. you're looking at a more sporty type car, like like a Mustang or a Camaro, something like that. Yeah, you'll see something like that. But just for a general, yeah, car, I don't think you'd see something like that price. Mm-hmm. We'll get one soon, guys. Didn't didn't Family Guy? No, it was American Dad. They have like a whole episode where Stan has like secretly been building a del- um. Sorry, he's been he's been building one, right? And yeah. he's just missing like the second floor. <clears throat> and it's just like this whole thing. He goes on this action adventure thing with Steve to find it and all that. Like, man, I'm like you really. I know what you said, but like think of Family Guy and how many of those like older episodes. I'd like just I gotta tell you about the future. It is even future goes a bit too. When mm-hmm. us, yeah, and like but but it goes a bit farther that episode if you guys remember it. But uh, but man, yeah. this movie is so I don't I didn't realize just how iconic it really is until I've watched it and really seen it. I I, mm. I, I like the scene. I mean, it's towards the end of the movie where he gets the guitar. And he plays the '80s music for the guys in the '50s, yeah. and then he start. And then I, when he starts, everyone loves it. And then he just goes absolute like rock and roll, and everyone, everyone's like, "What the hell are you playing?" And I absolutely <laughs> love that scene because, like, yes. that's the music I listen to. So it's like, damn, mm-hmm. like to put it in the movie. There's like a couple movies that are like that, but a lot of movies aren't like that. You, yeah. You're probably not ready for it, but your kids will love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was well, that your favorite part, Alex? I li- <laughs> I really like that scene. Yeah? Because I play the I- guitar, I love rock music, and it's just I put those together. What about you? That's awesome. What about you, Adam? What is your favorite part? <clears throat> uh, uh, to be honest, it was – oh, God, it was so satisfying when Marty's dad punches Biff. Yeah. Oh. Let's – because after watching F1 and remembering how Pierre Gasly just wouldn't take a damn risk, it was just so satisfying to see Buddy just lay out. I mean, he was being a bit of a – he was being a bit much when he pushed the dude dancing with uh, Lorraine. But, I mean, it was it was still – I really like that. And when, when Marty's leaving, he's like, hey, if you have a kid and he's eight years old and he burns the rug, go easy on him. I thought that was pretty funny. Cheesy. Yeah. But a bit too much of a heavy nod there, but it was still pretty. It's a very endearing movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then for me, I don't know if you guys got the imp- the same impression too, but after watching the movie, you realize that it's more than just about Marty. Mm-hmm. It, it for me, I found that it was yeah, it was about Marty, but it's also a lot about um, his dad. Like, there's so much focus on his dad throughout the entire movie. Literally, the movie starts with his dad, right? His dad, uh, well, it starts with his dad being pushed around by, uh, what's his name? Biff? Biff. Biff, yeah. Um, and then it, and then at the end, his life completely changes when when he tells, when he stands up to Biff. So I feel like it's a... It, more of a story about his dad than it is about Marty. Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, George McFly, too, like, as I've gotten older. Uh, so what happens is, 
like I never like, I just thought him like as a secondary character, but as I got an older, you know, like that part where he's like a writer, yeah. and he doesn't want to like publish it or he doesn't want to do anything. Like I don't, know, he's just so scared to do all this. Thing. Like Adam said with Pierre Gasly, like I don't, it it gets to you, especially us in journalism. Like no, like get your projects done. Yeah, stop like second guessing yourself and just like just do it. <laughs> exactly for sure. That's like. Something I kind of felt too. Um, interesting point that you put, like, towards how his life kind of changes. Okay, this is one thing people kind of take from it. Like, now I find, like, I'm reading a lot on, but it's something I don't really agree on is... Because, you know, it's a movie of the 80s, right? This is, like... This is a time before, like, a really big recession towards the end of the 80s and before, like, the boom of the 90 kids. So, like, this is yeah. when... Things are supposed to be like quote unquote good. Those boomers, you know. Yeah, those boomers, <laughs> you know, the the Reaganomics to, era. Tweeting on their typewriters. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what happens is like it's supposed to be like that's the measure of success is like when they have the better house yeah. and all that stuff at the end or um like something I didn't realize as a kid was like man the licensing they had on so many products like the only jeans that Marty wore were Levi's and then. How many times does he ask for, like, a Pepsi? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Well, I think if you go back to – like, I remember we watched a couple movies in an English class. And I don't remember why we watched these movies. But we pinpointed all the advertising in the movie. Like, there's mm. so much advertising. Like, even now. <laughs> Jurassic I, World presented by Mercedes. Like, I think it's even worse – even worse now. Like – not even in just in um, in in movies, but in sports. Like you think about the NFL halftime shows presented by this, and then the the instant replay presented by this. I'm like, what? Yeah. Or um, in the in the NBA now, in between free throws, there's an ad. The Gatorade pa- – this Gatorade free throw is brought to you by – no. Yeah. The Gatorade – the free throw is brought to you by Gatorade. Leave me alone. The DMC player of the game. The new – the new – the 31 Thoughts podcast presented by the new GMC Sierra Denali. <laughs> I hear that so much. Jeff Merrick's voice is just It's like, all I, I think about. Sometimes – if I see an ad on TV for GMC, I think about 31 Thoughts. So you know what? They're doing their damn job. Yeah. Make us want to buy a truck now. No. So, no, yeah. no. No, no, there, no. There sorry, is. Sorry, Daniel. So I knew how the movie ended because, you know, you just know how these movies end. Remember, there's this YouTube channel I used to watch a ton called Walk Culture, right? They do a lot of, like, movie TV shows, right? Yeah. And one of the things was, you know, top ten, like, kind of really, like, you don't realize how bad the ending is. And, like, without watching the other two movies, if you just look at the end of Back to the Future 1, uh, uh, Biff's family, so not Biff's family, um, Marty's family are going to be kind of strangers to him because uh, he doesn't really know this style of them. Oh, and he, right. And yeah. then, like, high school, right? And he has, like, all this different, like, like at first you just look at his dad's life, how different is his actual life there? You so know it, it, Yeah, like, sorry. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny that for me is I, I notice, as you say that, you, you look and you notice how his family acts and how different yeah. he is to their family. But when his girlfriend comes, it's like the relationship hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I mean, uh, if he's so, if his life is so different, his interaction with his girlfriend hasn't changed at all. Uh, yeah, he's the only member of his family, some of whose personality has not changed. Mm-hmm. Which, which, make, is, which makes sense, in a way. But it just seems really weird. No, I don't want to nitpick your movie, Daniel. It's just something that's <laughs> not like... No, I have another thing I want to nitpick about the movie, but I'll, I'll do it after. Oh, okay, no worries. Um, sorry, just thinking of like uh, going back further along the ad idea. Sorry, I just thought of Wayne's World. Do you remember? Did you yes. guys watch that movie? Yes, yes. Yeah, you remember when he like brings up the pizza, and then he brings <laughs> he, he's like he's wearing like Reeboks. Like, like it just reminded me of yeah, that. Yeah, where, yeah, like, yeah. They, they make fun of the ads. The blatant advertising advertisements. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The uh, the other thing I had an issue with in the movie. It's not a big issue. Like it doesn't. It, it seems like a little bit of a plot hole though. Is where the hell did Marty and the doctor meet? You're kind of just th- oh. you're kind of just thrown into this relationship, and then you get to the end of the movie and you realize how close they are. Yeah, right? like he's like, I need to tell you what happened, mm. but you like you weren't really given any context about their relationship at all. Yeah, I have a, I have a pretty funny thing about that. So. Um... I guess, like, people just didn't think of it in the 80s, but, like, they assumed that Doc Brown and Marty were just good friends to begin with. And then people never questioned, why is this older guy hanging out with, like, yeah. this high school student? Um, so it's funny, because, you know Dan Harmon, the writer for Community? Yes. Uh, so when he did Rick and Morty, because Rick and Morty is supposed to be kind of like a spoof on Back to the Future. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what happens is... When he was writing it, he's like, you know, no one questioned that in the 80s, but now I, like, if I do that, like, yeah, an old guy's just friends with a high school student, you're going to be like, yeah, what's the matter with you? So what, he had to make sure that uh, Rick was the grandpa of Morty. Yeah. So the series would work. It's not that I thought it was, like, my first impression wasn't necessarily it was weird. It's just like, man, like, mm-hmm. that seems like a plot hole in the movie and like, okay, how, like, where did the relationship come from? Yeah, it's a little bit odd that an old like an older man like him and a 17 year old were friends but mm-hmm. they where did it come from because yeah. you even you even hear uh when he's at school so you need to stop hanging out with that doctor yeah so what what is it where where is this idea come from i don't know if they ex- i haven't seen the other movies but maybe they explore do they explore that in other um. movies to be honest, not really. They just assume that they're close, tight-knit guys, and they just go on these adventures. That's the biggest plot hole in the Back to the Future franchise. Okay? It's it's you know there's only one answer I have for that, and it's movie magic. <laughs> because the plot demands. I you know the like aside from that, I love the Doctor's character. Yeah, he's so funny. He's kind of like um like the weird witch doctor back in the day. I like mm-hmm. when he's like. I invented something that worked. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> First of all, Marty, you've been hanging around this guy. He's basically, that's probably why they're like, you stay away from that man because he's the crazy scientist. He probably mm-hmm. looks like, uh, people in the town are probably like, oh, he's, he's, the, he, he's the basis for Breaking Bad is all I'll say. Yeah, it just seems like they're conflicting. <laughs> it, it feels like they're conflicting personalities though, right? Like he's no. the, he's no. the cool, he's the cool He's the cool guy, cool guy, and he's the nerd. He's skater. What? I'll see you, skater boy. Yeah, he's bridging, he's the, skater bridging boy. the rifts. He's the yeah. skater boy, and 
the doctors, the the crazy scientists. It just doesn't seem like they fit. Well, op opposites attract. <laughs> it's not, like us in insane, and Daniel's very level-headed, and that's why we uh, love each other so much. I think it's just like <laughs> I like that's what I like about Marty is um I don't know it's just like. He was like that typical high school guy, like, but like he didn't have the brawn. Like Michael J. Fox is a pretty tiny guy, right? Yeah. Um. So I gotta felt like Marty had like that confident, tough attitude to him. But like, what I liked about him with balancing with Doc Brown was like he was open to like new ideas. That uh, he was kind of open to the adventure. He knew how to like you know he did freak out, but he knew how to deal with it. He was interested in what everything was going on, like the big speaker or all this stuff. I just saw a dog it, disappear for a minute. Yeah, it felt Let's like do. it felt like he had two different personalities. Yeah, it felt like when he was at school, he had the cool personality, the Mister Cool Mister Cool guy, and then when he was with the doc, he's like, oh, like I'm going to try something completely. I'm going to try something new. It was very. Mm -hmm. It felt like they were just completely. They're just different personalities. I think, like, I, I, and I don't know about you guys, but in high school, I probably tried to act a bit, I mean, not successfully, but tried to act a little cooler than I actually was in front of yes. some of the guys and that. And then at home, it's like, you're going to play some Lego Star Wars, let's go. <laughs> so, you know, it adds to the, it adds to just how lovable Marty is as a character, I guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, it felt at the beginning of the movie, I don't know how, I didn't feel like Marty was going to be that lovable because he just felt like he was going to be a jerk. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Because, right, the first impression you get of Marty is, oh, he's this cool skater, guitar-playing 80s kid. And and then you just kind of associate that with being a jerk. But then that's not what ends up happening. Yeah. I mean, he's a jerk a little bit. Yeah, he's a bit irrational, but you know it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, like looking back to Adam's point, where um, I think when I was a kid, I'm like, man, I wish I was like Marty when I was in high school. But I'm gonna lie, I was I was nerdy all four years. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you know, school and at home. <laughs> oh man, it's like, do you know how many of my friends in high school I told I was a massive anime fan? Like one of them, because they were also massive anime. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Even people in university, I'm like, I didn't go to Alex and Jay right and be and then be like, "Yo, guys, Naruto, let's go." And no, then but then you told me you listened. To, <laughs> you, like it was just you figured it out. You told me that you <laughs> listened to. Uh, you're like, what are you listening to? And then I told you I was. I think I was listening to Queen. And I go, what are you listening to? Goes, oh. Some Japanese music. I go, okay, I wonder, I'm, like, yeah. I'm just guessing he watches anime. Yeah. Not that it was a bad thing, it's just... It was just a subtle thing. I remember in class, you'd have, like, you're like, I'm going to read this on the train back to, like, Pickering <laughs> this weekend or something. That's what I remember. No, but you'd hear his music. You'd, yeah. Like, he'd have the music to, like, the loudest volume possible. <laughs> You couldn't pinpoint what it, what the words were, but you could just tell that it was a different language. It, it, it wasn't English. It wasn't English. See, it's a beautiful thing that we all met up at Ryerson. See, Ryerson shows that we could be ourselves, you know. We could be the Marty we always wanted to be. And that's why uh, you should is, go to UT. Is because this... 
acceptable. Is this uh, advertising? Is that what you guys are doing right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm actually like adding subtle advertisements. Well, to I just happen to be wearing my Ryerson sweater. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. We should, you know, check out the website for uh, enrollment <laughs> <laughs> details. <laughs> wow. We're just going yeah. all in on the advertisements here. Okay. Next episode, I'm gonna bring a can of Coke. All Even right. though we're not sponsored by Coke. Presented by Lego. Come <laughs> well, I do. I see the uh, the logo in Daniel's background. So, Lego. It is very there. Yeah. Yeah. It's I put us there. there as an inspiration to you guys. Also because like the box is so wait, big. Wait, wait, like, wait, wait. Would... Inspiration to us. Adam and I finished our Legos. <laughs> hey, I spent <laughs> money all summer on Lego. Oh, no, summer, like since this quarantine. <laughs> all right. Without without veering off too much for the movie, it's just uh. the set is so big. That I'm like, I probably should have bought a smaller one too, just to get used to it again. Because like, like I haven't bought Lego in like what 15 years. Do you sleep with it? Because it's on your bed. I just move it because like it's on my uh, podcast chair, on oh, my desk. Wow. But uh, it's like it's actually so big. Like, and also like I don't want to damage the box, so like I always like put it here or there. So nice of you. Yeah, I'll build it soon. So the the movie we were talking about. Oh, yes, the yes, movie. the movie. Yes, Back to the Future. Um, yeah, man. Like, it's weird. Like, yeah. Like again, I wasn't around for a while <laughs> in 1985, but what I kind of felt with it were like so many things that you know, like you hear a lot of people talk about, especially when they're a lot older than us. Why this movie so special to them? Like, but for me, I didn't think. You know, I'm already naturally a nostalgic guy, but. Like the things in this movie, man. Like the Nikes, the the Pepsi, the Levi's. The uh... okay. So one thing's pretty funny. So I always wanted to learn how to drive manual because Marty has to shift into sixth gear to yeah. hit eighty eight miles per hour to travel in time. I remember, like, since I was a kid, I'm like, I have to learn how to do that. But like, I think like, like no, like I I, I know a bit of it how to do that, but like you know, not the best. But like, there's just things that I don't know. This is a movie where. I don't have necessarily a favorite movie, but this is a movie that I will probably revisit like at least twice a year. You know, I, I can only imagine how it's like to audiences back then because I just quick we talk about Star Wars a lot and I just yeah. quick looked up all the dates of the original trilogy. Episode six came out in eighty three. Mm-hmm. So you've just had this series of like it's it's a pretty serious in general, the original trilogy and all this. You know, you got your sci-fi now. All of a sudden, you see even here the Darth Vader reference in Back to the Future when he's going out when Marty's like messing with his dad. That was great. Yeah, I was. I am Darth Vader, and he gets the music. But anyway, the pilot Vulcan. Yeah, but you you got it. Like I I just wonder what it'd be like from audiences to see like the the more sci-fi kind of genre, but like a lot more lighthearted. Coming two years away from Episode Six of Star Wars. It's and, and and not to mention, it's time travel that isn't super complicated, which I yeah. love. Which is Wait, like, what do you mean like it's not super complicated. Because something anytime I I hear time travel, I'm like, oh no, there's gonna be like some multiverse stuff. They're gonna end up in an alternative. You know that episode of Family Guy where at the end of like, the time traveling and there's like eighty different Stewies and Brides. I'm yes, like, yes, no, yes. Stop it! Or it just—it ends up they go into like the dystopian future and that, and I hate that stuff in fiction too. And it's just—and even in in Endgame, they yeah. 
the fourth wall and said, hey, hey, time travel. Don't worry about it. And it's like, what? But I, I what? And then back to the future, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's easy, guys. We're okay. Don't worry about it. It's still like they, they make sure to be like, hey, Marty, don't kiss your mom. All right. You got to you got to make sure these things still get set in motion, but it's not too complicated. All right. It's not terrible. Yeah. And then he stopped his dad from getting hit. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Despite the voyeurism. <laughs> ah, it's a fun movie. When I was a kid, I'm like, what's a peeping Tom? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Lorraine! Another another kid fell from the tree. Like what? Is, this is a common thing. Oh my god! Uh, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. You bring up that uh, whole thing with like Star Wars. So another motivation they had for this movie was they felt that sci-fi was becoming too serious to in the, like towards the eighties, especially for like the success of Star Wars. That it was kind of like delving into like maybe like the more like adult. I mean, this is kind of an adult movie, but like a more like adult audience that it wasn't as lighthearted anymore. And a big theme too is like, you know, like like movies like Friday the Thirteenth. Like you know, a lot of those were type of like teenage. Yeah, it was great. Like it was like teenage slasher movies. Yeah, yeah. And then the other type of movies were like you know teenagers that just you know basically wanted to have sex. Those are another. Those are another set of movies that are absolutely cringy. But they're so yeah. good. Like if you go back, like and watch the like the very first Halloween, the original oh. Friday the Thirteenth, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, the characters, like the people being chased, do the cringiest things. Yeah. Like, don't go in there. That's the worst idea possible. Mm-hmm. It's original. Open that closet. Yeah, and like you even see it now. I think uh, now I don't remember the name of the movie. It might have been it, the uh, Insidious. Do you know the movie Insidious? Yeah. They they're like yeah, this was a haunted like there someone died in here. No, I'm not living in that house. That's the answer. The movie could have been 20 minutes long as long as you didn't live in that house. Yeah. No, I don't mean to change the subject. Do you guys want to hear a story about the Insidious series? Right. Yeah, I love that series. So, Insidious Part 2, I think it was. Um, man, so going to see Insidious 2 was my first ever date. Wait, wait, you so- went to go see Insidious 2 in theaters? Yes. Good for you. I've, well, seen, hey. I've seen one horror movie in theater, and it scarred me. Like, I love, I love watching really? horror movies. It was just absolutely insane. You might want to hold back your praise for me because it doesn't get much better. Anyway, so this is the first date I ever went on, right? At first of all, it was a complete joke because it was a triple date with two other couples. <laughs> and one of the guys oh. was late, so we couldn't get a ticket. Oh. Wow, be- these guys being late. Well, what's the matter these people? Yeah, Daniel. <laughs> anyway, though, so like I'm going. I'm going with my, my buddy who moved to Vancouver, his girlfriend, the girl I was seeing at the time, and then like my best friend's twin sister, not identical, but like his sister as well, right? And we go to see Insidious Part Two, and first of all, we're like we're late getting there because we're waiting for our buddy, so there's like no seat except for the first freaking row. Oh god, it's terrible. I think this is in grade nine too, and so we're there, and like I. Am such a scaredy cat. Like I can't even look at the movie. Half the time I'm like I'm so scared. And this is the worst part. This is the worst part. 
like, first of like, this girl I was seeing, like, lovely girl. She was really, really nice, right? But, like, we were only together because, like, the others were kind of like, hey, you guys should. And we're like, hey, whatever, right? So really, really nice girl. But, like, like the stupidest thing I've ever done. Like, halfway through, I, like, I stopped sitting with her and I went to sit with my best friend's sister. Because we were both scared, and oh my god, I'm such an idiot. So cringy. Oh my, yeah, it's, man, I just thought you'd like to know that. That yeah. is, I might, I, I, can't, I, I, I might take back my answer, my good for you. You should, I you should, I was so scared. Man, I, I don't even remember what happened. I remember someone clapped when a woman came, someone probably died, but it was just. Wait, which one did you see, the second one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I sent a text out. I, f- I want to find out what movie I went to go watch in high when I was in high school. So okay. I'm gonna find out. I have like Conjuring. I, I just sorry, oh. Conjuring. You know Conjuring. the Conjuring, oh. the second yeah, one, yeah. the second one with the nun. Huh. That <laughs> my friend's like <laughs> he goes. That's the one that screwed me up. <laughs> I watched like I don't know. I don't know why. I'm really bad with horror too. But I think it just when I have that curiosity. I'll end up watching it. Like, I remember, yeah, this is a funny story where uh, I know we're going so off in the back of the future right now, but, um, How did we get here? I remember, like, I didn't really know Adam that well at the time. And then he's like, yeah, I love, I love the Halloween series. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool, man. And I will, I ended up just watching the movie by myself. I think, like, on a random, like, day. I went to go watch the newest one that came out. Yeah. By myself in theaters. Yeah. So we did the same it's thing. So good. Then the music gets to you. It's oh. really good. You get like best score in horror. And in theaters, it just like surrounds you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. That was great. What? The? All right. Um, sorry. Just ah. one point. I remember. Wow. Just, I don't know how it really we got here. Right into the Back of the Future part where I said like, let's go back. Yeah. So yeah, this we're going back to the future. Okay. okay. Um. So the part I said about like horror movies, like slashers, yeah, and like teenagers basically wanting to have sex, that was like the norm of teenager movies at the time, right? So that's why Robert Zemeckis like, you know, we have to do something different. Let's do a time travel sci-fi movie, but like a like an accurate portrayal of what a teenager would think about in this situation, right? Yeah, different sex. was a different was a good word to use for what happened. Yeah. Man. You also talk about like getting away from the serious stuff. The first one, the first thing I thought of when you said sci-fi getting too serious, I thought of Aliens, and like yeah, came out in nineteen seventy nine. So like another great example of hey, let's just draw this back a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, man. I also loved by the way Marty's dad's hair. On yeah, when he goes like. Yeah. I it's, at the beginning of the movie, he was my, like my favorite character because his, he. Because he was so cheesy at the beginning with Biff, that he's yeah. like, man, that's my guy. That's the guy I'm rooting for for the entire movie. <laughs> well, I told you, McFly, I need time to copy it because it doesn't look good if I hand in my report with your hair rather. Hey, McFly, your shoes are in that bar. One thing I didn't under like, I didn't get the joke until I got older was um, when Biff's like, I can't believe you gave me a car with a blind spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he? Oh, and he's like, I, he's like, I like when the car hit. When I hit the other car, I spilled my beer on my lap when he was driving. <laughs> I bring your car to me, and you only have a light beer for me, McFly. <laughs> <laughs> Just terrible. 
Ugh. Oh, or that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just such quirky people, but I love every single character. Oh, yeah. In it. Yeah, like, it's so good. Man, shout out to how Biff, like, legitimately is about to try. And no, sorry. I thought until, like, you know how he's like, I'm going to ram him, right? I didn't see that, like, the hole was, was, uh, so, like, the, what was it, manure or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't see that it was open. So I thought, is he about to try and. Is he about to try and kill Marty? <laughs> <laughs> but like, luckily, he only, he's only trying to put it into like a thing manure. But for a second, I legit. Oh, I thought, thought he was trying to kill him. Yeah, I was about. To, I was thinking, is is like vehicular homicide? Is that what you call it? Is about to take place. The fifties were a different time. Yes. Very. Well, you know, he drove on like uh, it, on a park with yeah. his car. He crashed into a thing full of crap and it's like nothing happened yeah where is local law enforcement movie magic was it what was he standing in front of was he not standing in front of like city hall isn't that what it was yeah yeah oh the clock tower if you go to city hall in toronto now there is police there (laughs) wasn't it something did happen there the guy was spray painting the uh statues i remember that at city hall I've always uh, probably I've always, yes 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 I yeah I, I, I old city hall yeah have you ever thought about right how many people do you think tried to emulate what Marty did with the skateboard and holding onto the back of a car I saw it the other week I saw it literally on my street last week huh. they tied they tied something to the back of the car and. Uh, like a string to the back of the car, like you know the skidoo. I'm um, not the skidoo. On the water, you can go water gliding or whatever. Yeah. So they're on the skateboard, holding on to something, and the car is just driving. Oh. My Literally God. on my street. The legacy lives on of this movie. <laughs> the legacy lives, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Marty McFly has something influenced a generation. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I guess my final thoughts on this is. I love this movie. You know, it's it's it, it hits into my nostalgia like crazy. It's something that's it's my feel good movie. I remember like every time I was done exams or something, I'd watch this movie. Um, it's something that I think is going to continue to inspire me with wanting to kind of delve back at the '80s culture or all this kind of stuff, or like just love this stuff you love for pop culture, just like for the sake of it. That's what I like about it. Yeah, fair enough. It had everything in the movie. I think the music. The clothes, the lines, for sure. the atmosphere, romance, the atmosphere. For sure. It was, you know, I said at the beginning, it's very cheesy. But I think if you think about when it was made, mm-hmm. it it makes sense. Like a yeah. lot of those movies were cheesy for us. Even cheesy back then, but I guess che- cheesy was more, not acceptable, but cheesy was more the thing. Like, oh, we're just going to literally just make the weirdest jokes at a weird time. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the 80s. Yeah. It's a good break from, like, I don't know, movies that try to, like, show themselves to be too intense. Or sometimes I find with comedies now where it's just too structured. Oh, yeah. comedies now are not the same. I yeah. think we've had this discussion before, maybe. I'm not sure. But comedies now are not the same. Even if you go back not even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just completely different. Like, you go the early 2000s, 
or even going to like 2012 around then just completely different even like we i was having the discussion we were talking last night uh with my friends and we were talking about the office and we we're talking about this one particular scene and you know the scene i don't remember what season it's in but uh it's with um william m butlicker oh yeah and he goes but dwight yells butlicker our prices have never been lower and and we're like, man, like this show would not survive today, because no, because like just the sta- everyone's standards are so different. Yeah, I just thought it was like Dwight, don't yell at the customer. Don't yell at the customer. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on with your manager. We, we talked about Tropic Thunder, Thunder oh, a few yes, a few episodes like, yeah, ago. Like you so could not funny. do. Think, you said Alex, Robert Downey Jr. is on Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, and he said, "Yeah, I can't do blackface now." He's like, he's like, "No way, I could, I could make a movie like that now." He's like, even at the time, it was like iffy. I remember, like Ben Stiller said that, like when he directed that movie, uh, he did it as a satire, but like he, no one believed him. They're like, yes. "What are you doing?" Yes, man? yes, like, yes. He, <laughs> he's supposed to do it as like to expose, like you know, this is Hollywood's double standard. But, like people were like, "Oh, you're just following it. What are you doing?" It's, it's a dramatic a- scene of Robert Downey with like intense music and everything of him taking off blackface. Yeah. I could not believe it when I was younger. It's like, such a even- hilarious movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, are we are we good then? Is that everything when it comes back to the future? Uh, one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. Watch two and three, guys. You'll love it. It's even cheesier, but it's 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 so endearing. If you I, like the first one, you'll I, love it. I will watch Back to the Future once I am finished Star Wars Clone Wars. Okay. All right. And I'm Me caught too. up with my podcasts. Uh, <laughs> Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, I guess though, before we go. Um, I feel like we should just let the listeners know what we're doing for the rest of May. We've got three more shows after this, uh, the 24th, the 27th, and the 31st. On the 24th, we're going to be looking at this summer's UFAs. It's an interesting list. Alex Petrangelo is, of course, headlining uh, all those guys. Uh, we'll probably look at RFAs, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Some of only them. Only a few. Um, yeah, like Barzell and Domi are probably going to be at the top of there as well. On um, the 27th, it's another edition of Bizarre Adventures, and uh, it is my turn to choose. And we are looking at Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. It's official. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a, there were a few options on the table. There was Solo, there was Nightmare for, Nightmare for Christmas, but we we will be looking at Star Wars Episode Three, uh, one that I think. Each of us have a different uh, place in our heart for that movie, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it as a movie as itself, and probably as a Star Wars movie, and probably an, a biased and an unbiased look at it because it is a movie with a lot of issues. Which and then sorry, we'll which one? Off. Episode three. Episode. Yeah. yeah. I saw funny. It, it's funny you say that quickly. I saw an article yesterday, um, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember where where I got it, but it said. Um, that Star Wars Episode Three is the most underrated Star Wars movie and could possibly be the best Star Wars movie. I and think it's extreme. It. Yeah, I think it's underrated. I don't think it's the best. Same here. I like it a lot. Well, we will continue that debate on the twenty seventh of May. Yeah, and then we'll finish off on the thirty first, looking at oh my god, it's another redraft, two thousand three. Woohoo! The hardest one, I, I think. Sounds so excited. 
Man, I feel about redrafts the way Steve Dangle does about the 2014 playoffs. How about an uh, extended trade deadline? I actually liked that idea. No, I, have you seen the episode? Uh, I've actually, Let me just double check how far I am in it. Okay. Uh, I, Before we go, have you guys seen uh, the Akimalu story? Oh, yeah. He, he wrote, I think, in the Players' Tribune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, people are complaining about it. Are they? Well, they're just like, I don't know. It's it's very weird. Like, there's two things that it's just been like, man, like, he's making a point. Mm-hmm. Just cut it out. Just hey, I think no matter I, what, it's always going to get that, I think, this topic. Well, you know what the other thing is? We had such a good thing happen today or yesterday. Right, I, I reposted it on Instagram. So Joe Rogan signs a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify to put all his podcasts. Uh, I think starting in like September, and the first thing I see about it is, oh, uh, artists get paid. It, it's a very small amount. I understand it's an issue, but it's like uh, artists get paid this amount of money per stream, and you value Joe Rogan at a hundred million dollars. Is that fair? I don't know if it's yeah. fair, but be happy for the guy. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like there's so much for me, whenever something bad comes out and I'm guilty of this too. I'm absolutely guilty of this too. Is that we always just look at the negative. And I'll, if yeah. you, and I'll give an, a sports example. Let's, let's use the Leafs. I'll use the Leafs. So, <laughs> um, Leafs signed Miko Lettinen out of, out of Russia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, defenseman. N- number, number one, the, everyone is like, you know, this guy could completely fail. Okay, how about this guy could actually play in the NHL? Why is the first thing you think of that? Or Miko Lightning signs out of Russia. Oh, Kyle Dubas signs another small guy. How about Kyle Dubas signs the KHL defenseman of the year? How about that? Or, like... Travis Dermott's going to be traded. Why everything has to be so negative? That's 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 my spiel for today's episode. I, I, I would say another good example is that of that is in and I think I told you guys this. I think it was before we started the episode. I was listening to a few of our older episodes, um, especially before the trade deadline. And of course, the first segment of that episode, or it's, it's a pair of episodes, was I was talking about David Aris, and it, it was. I remember that day, it was the same night Ovechkin hit 700 goals. Yeah. And it wasn't the story of um, a Carolina Hurricanes emergency backup goal. It does an amazing thing. It wasn't that Alex Ovechkin hit 700 goals. It was the negativity and everyone laughing about the Leafs losing. Yeah. And it's, again, because it's it's Toronto and it, it, it sucks that – that, yeah, it's always the negativity that just kind of takes. It's for example, um, Steve Dangle's dang it's always get more views than his hat than his hat picks. Right? Yeah. He talks about it. he's like, why the negativity? Well, we love it's negativity. Just, it, people love to complain. Right. I love it. <laughs> and, like, I, I mean, I complained before this episode. <laughs> I literally was complaining about the Ottawa Senators before this episode. Yeah, I, Daniel, do you complain? I don't think I've ever I've heard. I've never you. heard Daniel compa- complain <sighs> in my life. Yeah. yeah, you had to apologize to your internet today for for restarting it because you felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I complained like here and there, certain things, but you know, uh, when it comes to sports, 
I, I don't know. I used to, but I don't know. It just, I find like I don't too much anymore. I just kind of like, okay, let me read on this and know as much as I can about it. Mm-hmm. Because like, I, I maybe it's a fear. It's a journalism fear that someone's going to call you out for not knowing like like you, you right. missed out on something. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You know what the thing is. I guess for me now that I'm thinking about what I just said, is that it's not necessarily okay. Um, like Miko Lightning signs, and um, he's not going to play in the NHL. Like that's a possibility. But to say Miko Lightning signs, and then completely trash Kyle Dubas. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. like, why. You haven't even seen the guy step on NHL ice. He literally just won KHL Defenseman of the Year. Mm-hmm. And your first instinct is to hop on Kyle Dubas. Like, I get a lot of the things we say are negative. Like, when we look at a trade, okay. Like, it's hard to do in sports because we hop on so many things. And I feel like that's what we're supposed to do. Sometimes. But, like... Like, like, look at the Akima Lu situation. Like, man, like, he's stating a legitimate point. If you want to complain about it, fine. But there's, I, I don't see the value in complaining about it. When Joe Rogan signs $100 million, which I don't remember the last time a podcast got anywhere close to that money. I, I don't know what, like, yes, I get it's unfair that artists don't get paid. Like, that's not the issue I have, though. I have, The issue I have is the first thing you say is co- is comparing the two. Like, I, I don't see why you can't be happy for Joe Rogan and have that issue. I will gladly take 1% of what Joe Rogan makes. Yeah, it's like, it's always this but this. Why can't it be this and this? That's the issue. Yeah. Fair enough. That's my that's my that's yeah. my second spiel of the episode. Thank you very much. We're advocating love for it no. all. You know, be positive, guys. Yeah. Yes. You know how people can can share positivity by listening to the podcast. And mm-hmm. if you want to show your love for the two on one podcast, here's what you should do. If you're listening to this on Spotify. Or on iTunes, all those lovely sites, or even on the YouTube, which people, we got to get the YouTube number up. If you can leave it a like or a follow, whatever you do on that certain site, you should do it. Leave a review. Let us know what do you love most about Back to the Future. Um, you just go and tell somebody that you know that, that you love them. Um, you know, be, be happy. Look out your window and see that the dandelions are starting yeah. to be like, you know what, I know they're a terrible weed, but I love the color. All yeah. this type and while of- you're telling them that you love them, show them the podcast. Say, hey, listen to the two-on-one podcast. It's a hockey, hockey podcast. The new standard in sports podcast. And even if you don't like podcast, uh, God, you better love podcasts. Even if you don't like <laughs> hockey, we do. we talk about other things. Yeah, like today. Like we showed that today. Yeah. You know, we talked about last. What did we talk about last week? We talked about Formula One. Okay. If what if and how about this? If there's something specific you want us to talk about, well, let us know. Because we'll do it. We'll We're do it. Waiting for somebody to tell us to watch something. <laughs> we we watch anything. We've watched anime to sports documentaries to 1980s comedies. We're going to watch Star Wars next week. 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe some some Disney stuff later on, like Nightmare Before Christmas. Eventually, I'm sure Daniel will have some sort of beloved thing. Um, uh, Alex will continue to broaden her horizons away from hockey, and then maybe you know more F1, more baseball. Who knows? It's just we are like a box of chocolates on this podcast. You never know what you're gonna get. Damn. Yeah, we never. Maybe we'll watch Forrest Gump. We don't know. Exactly. You never know. Forrest, I've always yeah. wanted to watch Forrest Gump. I haven't seen. Right. Have you seen Forrest Gump? Yeah, I have to. I've watched that like movie like what? At it. least like three times a year, and yeah. I don't even own it because it's just always on TV. I haven't seen Forrest Gump. All right, that has a that has to be an idea. We have to kind of pocket that one. We'll throw it into the uh, into the mix. Mm-hmm. The Power Hour mix introduction movies of love. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Titles are uh, (laughs) Have a great day. Make sure you like and subscribe. Adam, before we go, where's this video? It's coming. It's coming. We're waiting, man. Yeah. It's coming. Don't worry. It's on its its way. Just like the Mark Burr's ran trade at the draft. It's coming. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We just had to talk about positivity and we just had (laughs) – I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a hypocrite. What can I say? All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, bye. Bye.